The year was 1985. I was 18 years old, and I was heading off to college in Japan. My dad drove me to Dulles Airport and helped me with the luggage, which was full of books, books about theology. For me, it was an exciting day. A new chapter was about to begin in my life. But my father had mixed emotions. He knew the Lord was with me, but he also knew that he wouldn't see me for at least a year and possibly several years. There was no Skype in those days, and calling internationally, as many of us might remember, was more than $2 per minute with AT&T. My dad prayed for me and blessed me in the airport terminal. He gave me a big hug, and we embraced. I felt the tears from his eyes press against my shirt. I boarded and waved goodbye. As the plane was taking off for the land of the rising sun, I had a deep awareness of my father's love for me that no matter what I would encounter in the years to come on the other side of the world, he was there for me because he was my dad. Since tomorrow is Father's Day, I thought I would share some reflections on the fatherhood of God. And I have two points. First, we have a father in heaven. And second, we need to make known the love of Avinu Sheba Shemayim. Let's begin with number one. We have a Father in heaven. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, states in the NIV version, For this reason, and let's all say this together, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. It is interesting to note that the word translated father here is from the Greek word patera, and the word translated family is from the Greek word patria. Can you hear the similarity in sound between the words patera and patria? Paul has introduced something of a wordplay here, Patria is in fact related to the Greek word for father and could be translated more literally fatherhood. This is why the New Jerusalem Bible renders Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 15 as follows. This then is what I pray, kneeling before the father, patera, from whom every fatherhood, patria, in heaven or on earth, takes its form. It, it takes its name. The point here is that, as one, as one commentator puts it, the fatherhood of God is the great fact behind the universe. That there is a Father who is our God is the fact behind all other facts. A Father who has left the imprint of His fatherhood on every aspect of the entire universe. All fatherhood in the universe ultimately goes back to the fatherhood of God. And that fatherhood 
did not begin on earth. It began in heaven. Fatherhood is eternal with God. It did not begin with time. It did not begin with human history. It began in eternity, unquote. Why is this? How can we say that fatherhood began in heaven? It is because a father-son relationship existed eternally before Hashem spoke and the world came into being. When God created Adam to be a father of fathers on earth, he created a reflection of his fatherhood in heaven. Just as the earthly tabernacle mirrored the tabernacle in heaven, so too earthly fathers mirror our Father in heaven. Yeshua was not sent merely so we could meet the Son of God. Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 6, and let's all say this together, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeshua is the way, but the Father is the destination. Yeshua leads us to the Father. Everything Yeshua did pointed us to the Father. This is why Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 9, he says, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. Avinu Sheba Shemaim, hallowed be your name. Yeshua is the way, but the Father is the destination. Everything in heaven and on earth points to our Father in heaven. Let me just say that one more time. Everything in heaven and on earth points to our Father in heaven. And this brings us to my second point. We need to make known the love of Avinu Sheba Shemayim. Ari Goldman writes in his essay, Jewish Fathering, he says, quote, One of my fondest boyhood memories is getting up early on Saturday mornings to walk to shul with my dad. It was a special time. My father would take my hand in his and begin to sing a Shabbos song. His baritone voice would echo through the empty streets, and I would join in with my youthful soprano. More than school, more than the synagogue, more than any teacher, it was on those walks that I learned to be a Jew. I think it was also then that my father planted the seeds that enable me to be a nurturing Jewish father for my own boy." Unquote. I can relate to this story because I have similar memories growing up with my father. I am very blessed to be able to say that my earthly father made known to me the love of my heavenly father. How did my dad do this? Well, there were many ways, but I'll share a few with you. From the age of seven, my father brought me weekly to a Messianic Jewish synagogue. In this community where covenantal relationships were prioritized, where this idea of the three-stranded cord was at the core of the community, 
In that community, I learned much about the love of Avinu Sheba Shemaim. Erev Shabbat dinners at my dad's house were times to talk over the table about the Father, Yeshua, the Torah, Jewish prayer, Messianic Jewish identity, and the list goes on and on. My dad always had something that he was thinking about concerning the Lord, important and pressing spiritual questions that he was pondering, and he shared his thoughts with all of us. This led to many conversations about the love of Avinu Sheba Shemaim, our Father in heaven, around the Shabbat table. On Sunday mornings, my father and I often went to Abe's Jewish bookstore in Silver Spring, Maryland. Yes, Clarine, that same Jewish bookstore where you purchased your Torah scroll. Did you know Clarine has her own Torah scroll? She brought that to the uh, Shavuot picnic. Well, every Sunday morning, we would go to that Jewish bookstore, my father and I together, and my dad would buy me any book I was interested in. There was no limit. He didn't say, you know, just one book or two. Whatever books I wanted to buy, he would purchase them for me. Whatever I was interested in reading, he would buy. From his perspective, there was no better investment. When I was little, I sat in on classes at Messiah Yeshiva that my father taught on biblical counseling and other subjects. Afterwards, we would talk about it. And in this way, I learned a lot about the love, the faithfulness, and the wisdom of our Father in heaven. My dad regularly prayed for me. During my high school years especially, my father interceded for me that I would be filled with God's ruach, with God's spirit. And later he told me, after I made that turn in high school to give my life to the Lord, he told me that he thought of his prayers as priming the pump. Probably without those prayers, I wouldn't be speaking with you today from the bima here. On various occasions, my father laid hands on me and blessed me. When I had my bar mitzvah at a conservative synagogue, when I went to Japan for college, when I married Harumi, when I graduated from Cambridge, when I was ordained as a rabbi, through the blessings of my earthly father, I could see the blessings of my heavenly father. Growing up, I had the privilege of watching my father serve as a congregational rabbi, from leading the Shabbat service to counseling, to making hospital visits, to discipling leaders. I could see the love of the father in my father and through him. My dad has always been available to me, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whenever I need wisdom or encouragement, if I call him at 3 a.m. in the morning, he is there for me. And you know what? Sometimes I do that. And he gets up and says, oh, David, hold on a second. <laughs> he is always glad and eager to help. I never get the impression that I am a burden to him. That is the love of our Heavenly Father in him. When I made the decision a few weeks ago to accept the offer from the King's University in South Lake, Texas, to take on the directorship of their Messianic Jewish Studies program 
beginning August 1st, one of the first people I shared this with was my father. And he offered to help me in any way that he could. Later, after consulting with our elders, I went back to my father and asked if he would consider helping Tikvot during our season of transition until David Ween completes his training for rabbinical ordination. And my father, Rabbi Michael, who will be with us on Wednesday here at the synagogue at 7 o'clock, for those who are members, who is a highly respected and experienced senior rabbi, agreed to do this. Why? Because he loves me and knows that it is important to me, to Tikkun, and to our Father in heaven most of all, that Tikvat Israel flourish and fulfill its mission in the plan of God. Though our moving to South Lake this summer will mean that my father will not see me as often, my dad is fully supportive of me, and even excited because he believes that my teaching at the King's University and overseeing their Messianic Jewish Studies program, which is fully accredited, is critical to the growth of our movement, and it will serve as an important bridge between the Messianic Jewish community and the wider body of Messiah. Even though I will be farther away from my father, my father could fully support me in this next chapter in my life because he knew it was the will of our Father in heaven. These are just some of the ways that my father has shared with me the love of Avinu Sheba Shemayim. Some of us may have had grandparents or great-grandparents who expressed the love of the Father to us through their prayers without us even knowing about it. For example, there is a tradition in Judaism for fathers to write an ethical will to their future generations, sharing with them about the love and the teachings of God. Several years ago, my mother gave me an ethical will written by a forefather of mine in Lithuania who lived more than 200 years ago. His name was Rabbi Joseph Moses Abraham, and people called him the Tzaddik of Lezde. Rabbi Abraham wrote to me the following words more than 200 years ago. Here is a translation from the Hebrew. He wrote, more than 200 years ago, he wrote to me, my beloved ones, my sons and relatives, the delight of my eyes, lovely and pleasant. Remember this and do not forget what I am saying to you. For surely, if I had come to you in person, you would no doubt have received me with pleasure and listened to my words, to what I had to say. Therefore, imagine that I spoke to you in person, and it is fitting and very proper that you should make the greatest effort to observe all that I am going to enjoin you. For I have exerted much effort on your behalf and said many prayers for you while I was still in the world. This is 200 years ago. Gather and listen to your father Abraham. And now, children, listen to me as I teach you the fear of the Lord. 
Rabbi Abraham goes on to write in his ethical will more than 50 pages about the love of God, the love of Avinu Sheba Shemayim, and how to walk in Hashem's ways. Some of us may have ancestors like the Tzaddik of Lezde, who shared the love of the Father with us through their steadfast prayers and their writings, even without us knowing about it. Sharing the Father's love was also very important to Yeshua. He says at the end of his prayer in John chapter 17, verses 25 through 26, he says, Righteous Father, Avi Hatzadik, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these people have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will continue to make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I myself may be united with them. What is the name of God that Yeshua sought to make known to all whom he ministered to? Based on the context of John chapter 17 and Yeshua's use of the name Father, Avi, six times in his prayer, I think a compelling case can be made that the name he sought to make known was Avi, Father, my Father. Yeshua was saying that he would continue to make known the fatherhood of God to this world. He would continue to let the world know the nature and the character of God as a loving Father. You know, I meet a lot of people who've grown up thinking that God is just some angry person out there who wants to destroy their life. Well, that's not true. And if any of us have a kind of warped sense of who God is, I just want to encourage you that Yeshua came to reveal to us the love of our Father, the deep and abiding and eternal love of our Father in heaven. Why was this so important to Yeshua? As the Ben HaElohim, the Son of God, Yeshua knew the depths of the Father's love in a way that no one else did. Therefore, he was compelled to make this great truth known. It was so important because when we understand the love of Avinu Sheba Shemayim, our Father in heaven, toward us, then we understand our identity. We understand who we are. We can be, when we understand the love of God, we can be authentic and real. We are not accidents in the universe. We are sons and daughters of the living God who loves us, and we are very precious to Him. This one truth that God is our Father and He deeply loves us turns the tables on secularism and all other isms that leave our Father, our Father in heaven, out of the picture. Embracing this truth changes our whole outlook and trajectory in life, for it causes us to want to run to our Father, to learn from Him, to learn about Him, and to live life in a way that pleases Him. I would like to close with this question. 
as Father's Day approaches. Are we making known to the world the fatherhood of God? Are we sharing with those around us avinu, ahavat avinu, the love of our Father? Let me just uh, repeat those questions again. Are we making known to the world the fatherhood of God as Yeshua did? Are we sharing with those around us ahavat avinu, the love of our Father? Today we have talked about the fatherhood of God, and I had two points. Number one, we have a Father in heaven. And number two, we need to make known the love of Avinu Sheba